Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 28. How's everybody doing? <laughs> episode 28, oh my gosh, yay. Yeah, I was just saying, like, it's, I can't believe it's episode 28, like, I, honestly, I can't believe we, <laughs> every time we record, I'm just like, wow, we did another episode, I'm always so proud of us. Right? Like, yeah. I, I'm still past the fact that we actually uh, made it from the brewery table after <laughs> just talking about the concept of Comadres y Comics, and now we're on episode 28. Yeah. Exactly. It's always really exciting right before an episode and then uh, moving forward to scheduling another one and then finally doing it and being yeah. here. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, the energy shifts and it's so exciting for me. I always, right after we're done, uh, always leave here on a high because I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that was really good. You did great. <laughs> good job, team. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Thanks for listening, and um, we're happy to be here again. So uh, this is episode 26. Uh, anything's happening? 28. Sorry, every time. <laughs> do, do I even English? I don't know. Like, okay, 28. And we just said 28 like 50 minutes. I know. Times. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, any uh, eventful stuff happening in your lives? Any comic book life events? Right now, I am. This is Kristen. I'm still hmm. trying to catch up from my holiday craziness. Uh, it's already the end of January. <laughs> I was just about to say, are we in February already? <laughs> it's the end of January, but I still am dealing with a lot of holiday stuff. And um, it's just, uh, I guess for those of you don't, that don't know, I actually coordinate um, a program called the Adopt-A-Family Program for an organization called Hollywood Community Housing Corporation. And they house um, homeless and low-income families in the Los Angeles County area. And I coordinate a, a program during the holidays to help provide gifts for families in shelter um, who would not necessarily have as good of a holiday otherwise. And so I'm right now just wrapping all of that stuff up, and I'm just really done with <laughs> the holidays. <laughs> Uh, wow. So that's where I am, and I just I haven't had a free weekend to myself um, for I would say, geez, like going on five weeks, and this weekend I'm working both days too. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, Jen? Any comic book stuff happening in your life? Well, I managed to clear out my pull list. Ooh. Uh, in that. I don't like. I still have a lot of books in there, but like I have deleted a lot of titles, and I'm just there's I officially a, gave up. There's a lot of that going around. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, basically the month of January, February is like pull list cancellation time. Yeah, mm -hmm. we. Uh, I know at the shop there's a we have a deadbeat list. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's basically, if they haven't contacted us after a while, we're just like, okay, this person will no longer have a poll. And so I was just like, okay, time to time to clear out my stuff before I am a deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know where to find her. Oh, yeah, I come in for work anyways. <laughs> so explain, what is this poll? Oh, well, a poll list is something that you can create at your LCS, your local comic shop. And that is that they, you can have a specific title 
on hold, uh, like an Avengers title or X-Men or Batman or Superman or any of the smaller iterations of them. And, um, uh, and it will be pulled for you every single month, or if the title is a bi-weekly book, every two, every two weeks. And, um, uh, comic shops will keep it, I believe, we keep it for up to like a month. Yeah, we keep, uh, uh-huh. we ask, <coughs> excuse me, that our customers come in at least once a month to, to buy their books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't, after this, we cancel their pulls. But pull lists are for, like, uh, if people don't have time to come in on Wednesday or any other day of the week and, like, go through and, like, look through everything. Or, like, if it's going to be, like, a popular title or a title that they just really, really like and they just need to have it and want, or want to have it, uh, it's something that we set aside specifically for them. And it's also, just from a retailer perspective, a way to help the stores to know what to order uh, because I know we've talked about this before on the, shop, on the show, but uh, local comic book shops do their comic book ordering three months out. So three months before that comic book hits the shelves at your local comic shop, uh, somebody is ordering that book from the previews uh, big catalog that we get every month. And sometimes when it's a number one or number two, we're going in blind and we don't really know how many we should order or how popular it's going to be. And um, so when we put in those orders, sometimes we uh, don't know if we should order heavy, if we should go light or whatever. So when there's people who come in who set up pool lists, it actually helps us with data to mm-hmm. know which books, how many customers really are going to buy this book uh, and how many um, books that we should order on top of that. So, because mm-hmm. uh, comic shop uh, retailers, they order for their pool customers and then they order above that how many they think they're going to need. Um, we call them shelf copies. So how many shelf copies would we need over and above that? So definitely if you are buying books from your local comic shop on a consistent basis, I highly recommend that you start a pull list because it really helps you to not miss books. Um, If you, for whatever reason, like Jen said, can't make it in to the store that Wednesday um, and then you come in on Thursday and the book is gone and then it's no longer available and it's already gone to second print, you've missed out on that opportunity. But it also helps the retailer to, on their side of things, to just know how many books that they should order to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I should yeah. I should make one like that. Yes, yeah. you should. You I should, really should. should. <laughs> you definitely should. But um, besides that, I bought new shoes. Even though I didn't need them, I just wanted them. <laughs> it comes with the, the territory. We, I, oh God, I, I don't know. It's really hard. Like you don't need shoes yet. You're so compelled to buy them. <laughs> it's just like these are. They're black docks, and they were cheap, and I was just like, I couldn't resist. I, I mean, docks and cheap oh. are often um, not things that you say together, so yep. I I definitely could see uh, why you took the plunge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have, too. I think I, I would have. And when she's talking about docks, it's uh, Doc Martens. I know a lot of people probably know, but just in case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doc Martens boots. So, yeah, they don't come cheap, guys. So no, it was. I, I think it's a good idea you bought them. Yeah. I, I don't regret it. I really don't. <laughs> They're so shiny and new, too. It's so exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But besides that, not really much of anything. That's yeah. about it. Awesome. Well, this is Sarah, and for me, I just saw the latest episode of Gifted, and they're really oh. upping their oh. game. Um, they're, uh, people are choosing sides. So that's very exciting to see because most of the time it's all cookie cutter, kind of like with those conversations where they have like crucial conversations in the middle of a battle. 
Like, mm. I hate that. <laughs> but for some reason, I'm still watching the show, and they're like, why would you say that? And it's like bombs are going off anywhere, everywhere. <laughs> but now they're choosing sides. So you see, like, some people who started off as being good are now, you know, are going to do things the, you know, the hard, aggressive. The Magneto way. Yes, thank the you. Magneto. <laughs> the Magneto philosophy. Exactly. I only watched the first episode of that one, maybe the first two. So I have to go back and check it out. Um, it reminded me a lot of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um so I actually really liked Heroes, um, but this one didn't really pull me in to begin with. So I actually think that watching all of them all together might help me to yeah. to get um, into it a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. When you mentioned Gifted, I did not know that it was still ongoing. <laughs> I thought, like, I don't know why, but I thought it had ended for some reason. But that's Legion. Legion is the one that's ended is going to come back with a season two. Right, right. But I just, time I just forgot that that was happening. The gifted existed. Yeah, no, 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 it's easy because it's easy to forget only because there's a much better similar show, which is Marvel's Runaways. I find mm. the dialogue and the acting and just the just the way the movement of 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 the scenes is so much more superior than Gifted. Mm. Um, even though they're practically about almost similar subject matter, I liked. Runaways. I finished the whole entire first mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. and um, I'm trying to think what did I compare in my mind the two. Well, knowing that you think that that uh, Runaways is superior, superior, I will definitely keep that in mind and go back and watch it. Uh, watch <laughs> Gifted because I like these the like cheesy teenage. Teeny Bopper CW style <laughs> uh, TV shows, uh, even though uh, Gifted is Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have their own, uh, their own style. Their own style. Every, every show needs their teen angst. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Um, I mean, I had high hopes because they had uh, the guy who played pa- played Bill Compton as a dad in the right, yeah, in Gifted. So yeah. I had high hopes, but mm. um, they're, they're, they're having all these dialogues with their hands and stuff like i don't know it's weird to me but, <laughs> yeah. but uh like one of the other things i really like about um marvel's runaways is that it takes place in california so what a parallel that you just made me think about right now is they both have aging vampires as yes, dad figures <laughs> In uh, she said Bill Compton, which mm-hmm. is the um, the main like uh, love interest in the Suki Stackhouse um, oh, books. Um, uh, is it what's it, what's it? True name? Blood. True, True Blood. Blood. But yeah. I'm trying to remember the main. Was it Eric or no? Bill? No, Bill. Bill Compton. Bill Compton. Bill, yeah. Bill, okay. Yeah. yeah. I just Bill. call him Bill Compton. Okay. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was that's the the name Steve Moyers. Stephen Moyers. Stephen Moyers. Yeah, yeah. Is the is, is the, the actor. Name. Yeah. Okay. And then on Runaways. Um, the actor who played Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, is a dad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I remember that Buffy show, and I remember Spike. Yeah. Oh my I God! Had, I had a Are you crush. so young that you just referenced Buffy the Vampire Slayer as that Buffy show? <laughs> <laughs> Not 
cool, Jen. Not cool. Get out. Get out. Why are you here? No, no, seriously, it's I, I, I went through the Buffy series like all at once. Uh, I watched them on a weekly basis. It was my musty TV. Uh, I was so distraught when it uh, when it ended. I tried to watch Super Supernatural actually because it started coming on uh, in its time slot um, after it ended, and I just I was so bitter about it. I never got into Supernatural. Two thousand five. <laughs> I, I, I started watching Supernatural in, oh, uh, in 2005. Um, I did watch Angel. I watched it for a good couple of seasons, and then I just fell off. And I've never actually finished. I've tried to restart watching Angel on Netflix, and I've just never moved forward with it. And me, me neither. I, I did the... the uh, crossover episodes when I because I did watch the whole Buffy yes the whole thing yeah and so when they had crossover episodes I would jump to the Angel episode and then go on yeah so oh, okay. much like comic books yeah <laughs> and I was so into Buffy that when I found out that there was a season eight that was in comic book form I went and I oh. started reading the comics and then I was so freaking disappointed at the way that um, the whole storyline started going that. I stopped reading, so I never read past uh, the first, um, the uh, past quote unquote season eight, which I don't even know how many trades that was. And now it's already like season ten or eleven. Yeah, no, I think it's on season twelve, thirteen. Wow, twelve or thirteen. All I know is that if you are a Buffy fan, um, the TV show. they supposedly continued with the storyline in comic book form. Um, they've done that with a couple of TV shows, actually. Another Smallville. one, S- Smallville, they did mm-hmm. it, and also with Jericho. Um, I don't know if any, of, if uh, either of you remember Jericho, which was kind of like a post-apocalyptic um, story where there was like a huge like uh, a bomb or something that went off. Yeah, I thought so with the name Jericho. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then it was just. A, a story of the different groups, uh, factions of survivors and how they pretty much were trying to figure out what happened and waiting for the government to come and like fix everything and then when that didn't happen uh, how they survived and that didn't last, I think maybe two seasons but I was such a fan of Jericho. There was a letter writing campaign to keep wow. it going all kinds of stuff but yeah okay. but they've done that um, they did it with uh, the SOA with Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of, of them out there. Continuation uh-huh. and stuff like that. I know they do in-between season stuff for like yeah. a lot of the CWDC shows. Yeah. I know they did something for Arrow. They've done a few yes. for Arrow. Yes. Some for Flash, mm-hmm. some for Supergirl. Um, yeah, the, and those all take place in between seasons because they're like 1.5, 2.5, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a Firefly one. There's, there is yeah. a Supernatural comic book. There's a Serenity one. Yeah, there's Doctor Who. Mm. The the Supernatural one isn't that good. No, no I've no, never read it. but it, I read it because I was just like, oh, hey, Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> not that good. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so that's all I've been doing. I've been um, catching up on some movies, uh, watching some documentaries while I work. Well, not really watching them. I listen to them yeah, while yeah, I work. Yeah. So um, I just recently went to an art exhibit at the Getty Museum um, uh, oh, that cool. was focusing on um, the Mayan. Ast- well, actually, it focused on these uh, kingdoms that um, 
were during the, you know, like, I guess Aztec and Maya, but it started off in, um, so it started off like in Ecuador, mm -hmm. Central America, Peru, and then it went up to Mexico. So you saw those oh, three cool. differences and uh -huh. the similarities in them. Guatemala as well. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. really, really interesting. Um, and I just thought, yeah, at the Getty Museum, and it's there until the 28th of January, oh. and it's free. Yeah, and you no go. longer have to cool. reserve your parking. Um, you can just go. And if you go after 3 p.m., the parking is $10 instead of 15 I don't even know where the Getty is. I don't think I've ever been to that one. The one in Malibu or the one? Not the Getty Villa. The oh, other okay. one, the new the new building. The new building? Mm -hmm. Okay. The one, the, that was almost, the one that was almost the one that was almost Oh, right, exactly. over there by Skirball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I highly recommend that. I actually ended up doing that for my birthday because I want to do free stuff because I'm poor. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it actually worked out very well. And and I like the fact that I saw this and I, I, I it's weird, but um, there are so many wonderful things they did with metal. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of etching, a lot of carving, um, and I really was impressed what they did with um, with uh, feathers. Oh, the cool. way they yeah. sewed feathers, they would make actual tapestries out of feathers. Oh, it was wow! Just incredible. Um, and uh, they even have the display of the, I think they call her the Red Queen because they found mm -hmm. her under layers of red uh, clay. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just really amazing and it's free and it's amazing that's super so, interesting yeah I, I learned a lot and then I have I, to see that and yeah you have to and going up the stairs well, there's three days <laughs> <laughs> going up the stairs there's like a dragon uh juxtaposed against the stairs so when you're climbing it this dragon this golden dragon's coming out it's really awesome. oh hi yeah. well that's all you had to say that's all, that's all <laughs> you had to say there. there. Yeah. Because I've been to the Getty, and this was when I was going, well, I was still in, like, um, uh, like high school and middle school, and so, like, there would be free trips to the Getty, and <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, you had to have a specific GPA to oh. go to the trips, mm. um, uh, and I always was in that specific GPA, so I would get to go for free a lot of the time. So, so they kept wow. the students who were not, quote-unquote, good students from educating themselves in different ways? Yeah. Uh -oh. and Los Angeles, the L LAUSD, once again, the premier, oh. the premier education for most people. That's so frustrating. All right. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to do angry cat on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a justifiable thing to be angry with. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was really cool um, how just it's, it's serendipitously we were there at that time. I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't know that's what I, the I, installment was? No, I oh, didn't. Cool. I, just, I just thought, free, let's go. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and that... It was a really pleasant surprise, and it actually ties into this episode in a whole, so that's really interesting. Ah, that's very yeah, true. It's true, yeah. All right, guys, well, that brings us to Chisme de la Semana. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, today's Chisme is actually something that just recently happened today, and it was they released set photos of Brie Larson in her Captain Marvel outfit. Yeah. And... The twist is that it, though it looks like her modern outfit, the coloring yeah. is different. It is a kind of black, blue, greenish color, and it's supposed to call back to 
the Cree colors, mm-hmm. like what the, uh, well, like what the Cree usually use. So a lot of people are calling it the Cree up, right? And it's just, oh god, I'm so excited! I'm really excited about this movie coming out. Is it 2018? That yeah, it's, yeah, okay, I believe so. Yes, and it's just uh, not Captain Marvel herself. Captain Marvel is supposed to come out next year, but she is most likely either gonna be an Easter egg in Infinity, in, in Infinity, which is. A hundred days away. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait for Infinity War. Uh, Actually, a prelude just came out this week. Oh, that's right. I grabbed that thing off the shelf. I am so excited for this darn movie. Um, I am a little bit disappointed that I've heard, I don't know if I heard this, I read this, um, and I don't even know if it's true, but that it was, the storyline was going to be more along the lines of Thanos' quest than Infinity War itself. So to me, that um, that's a misnomer. Wait, what? <laughs> is it gonna be like more Infinity Gauntlet or? More I mean, Infinity Gauntlet is okay. what I meant to say. I was Sorry. about to say because if they're gonna do like the actual book that's called Infinity War, no, I, I didn't have, mean to say Infinity ooh. War. That it was gonna be more Thanos Quest, uh-huh. which is a book instead, of, uh, more so that than Infinity Gauntlet. So, uh-huh. uh, so it's more him gathering the stones than. Already actually, yeah. Them. So, and I don't know that it's true, and I don't remember where I read this from, but that already was like a disappointment to me because, um, uh, as we all know, it, the Infinity Gauntlet storyline revolves a lot around death, and um, I was so waiting to see yeah. death, a big screen version of death. And Thanos trying to court her, and I yes. mean, God, yes. Yes. Give me classic <laughs> romance, Marvel. I demand it. I want it. But apparently we're not going to get it. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Like I said, well, this is might. just something I, I heard or read. I don't even remember where it was from. but So we'll see. I'm still um, I'm still holding out to see. And I ha- after I read this prelude, maybe I'll have a little bit more of an idea of what mm-hmm. direction it's going. Yeah, and, I mean, there's still part two as well. Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, uh, um, you know, while watching all the movies leading up to this one movie, he hasn't gotten any of the stones right. yet so I was exactly like, yeah where is this going <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's sort of uh I, I just thought shouldn't it be more progressive if it's going to be infinity war but i don't know uh, you know mm-hmm. gauntlet yeah gauntlet yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she's going to be coming out and then the black panther movie he's going to be coming out <gasps> oh in about like two weeks i'm so excited and that Good is time. my other part of my achievement is that um it has been officially declared online that Shuri in the movie, who is Black Panther's sister, and she is like the the I don't want to say weapons developer, but she is basically the the technological um, uh, genius uh, for all of Wakanda, and she is what is like innovating, what's keeping up that barrier that keeps people from looking in and seeing what Wakanda really is. She's responsible for Black Panther's suit, everything. She is. Only 16. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Marvel is hitting it out of the park with these young black uh, Uh female uh, geniuses. geniuses. We we have Moon Girl. Now we have Shuri. We have um, um, Riri Williams. Riri Williams. Like, oh, my God. I know. Oh my God! But yeah, so she, so she is actually the same age as um, uh, Peter Parker. Yeah. In the in the movie, and it's just like, 
and your girl isn't getting any armor. She's making the armor. Like, she's <laughs> like, uh, and like, I love Spider Man and everything about it. And but like, the salt is still kind of there. Oh uh, yeah. Because of, of like, you know, that was basically a mile story. Yeah. Um. Um. But like, it's just I'm so happy that she is this super genius, and that basically she is she is for all intents and purposes smarter than Tony Stark. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so freaking awesome. <laughs> I mean, she's the one who's helping hide an entire society from the rest of the world. Uh, like, I'm going to be real. Your boy Iron Man can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, uh, I don't know. Wouldn't I mean, I think it would be really cool if we kind of see an interaction with them both. Mm. That would be awesome. That I think that would be something that is more reserved for other films. Where um, uh, I think Black Panther should be about Black Panther. Yeah, true. And the community of Wakanda and everything. And we can get all the other heroes later. And if they went with the Miles story, he could have been in the Uh the movie because he he would have been a black black character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very true, very true. (laughs) Yeah. And so... That was that was exciting to hear, and I was just like, oh my god, that's that is awesome, and that's it for my chisme. Thanks so much for that chisme, Jen. That was really juicy stuff. <laughs> really juicy stuff. Jugoso. <laughs> 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 Moist. No, don't say that. All right, guys. What it, it is that time again? It is beer time. Beer time. My gosh, yes. Sarah, you just opened this <laughs> bottle, and the smell of it is so reminiscent of Sticky Monkey, which, as you all know, is the only Super Saiyan beer that we reviewed so far in all 28 episodes of Comadres y Comics. Mm-hmm. But this beer smells like Sticky Monkey. It does, it does. doesn't it? And it does. my mouth immediately started, like, even right now I'm talking, and, like, there's so much saliva in my <laughs> mouth, and it's, like, starting to drip out. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a visual. <laughs> that's what we're here for, the visuals. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It Okay, it's so good. So be, I'm going to... Um, let Jen tell us a little bit about it before we drink it. All right, Jen. So this beer is made by Goose Island Beer Company, which is based in Illinois. Uh, Illinois? 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 The S is silent, I believe. Illinois. Pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> in Chicago. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where the best pizza in the world is made. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> and, um, um. It is a Bourbon County Brown Stout. It says right here on the bottle that I'm holding that this is the original Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. Ooh. Original. Is this a call-up? I know. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to me that there's a theme that we really do like, so bourbon. Uh, bourbon yes, bourbon, bar- bourbon, bourbon barreled. barreled. Barreled bourbon barrel aged <laughs> beer. That's a lot of bees. Yes, my favorite. Um, well, I, I there's still maybe the jury is out on whether or not Sticky Monkey dethroned my absolute favorite, which is Allagash Brewery's Curio, which is also bourbon barrel. Mm. I remember you said that you said that they were both 
top one. Yeah, and the curio is not a stout though. It's um, I don't know what it would be considered actually, but it's a it's a Belgian uh, style beer, but it's um, it's not dark. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, also um, uh, it is. Not only is it an imperial stout, but it's also like an American double. So it's an American double imperial stout. Mm. And its ABV is 14. <gasps> 10%. Oh my gosh, yes. how much was Sticky Monkey? 11 or something? 12, wasn't it? 12? Yeah. Oh my gosh, 14 point how much? I'm going to say this right now. Do not hold me accountable for what I say after I drink this. because <laughs> 14.1. Oh my gosh. Because I am hungry. Drinking 14.1% on an empty stomach, all bad. (laughs) Nice. There'll be something afterwards, but... (laughs) 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 So, um, the the story of the Bourbon County Brown Stout goes back to 1992 when founder John Hall and brewmaster Greg Hall decided they wanted to do something special for batch 1000 of the company's brew pub. So, Ooh. yeah. And, um, um, I believe it was originally released on Black Friday of 2000, of that, of that 1992. Um, let's see what else. Sorry. And so, the Bourbon County, um, uh, brand stout usually rests in Heaven Hills barrels. It is a like I said, a bourbon uh, barrel-aged beer. and uh, But this variety uses 11-year-old Knob Creek barrels. Uh, Ooh. Mm. Yeah, and it says that it's, uh, that it's a boozier version than the typical BCBS and smokier. Oh, my gosh. So just... I'm just imagining how it tastes right now. I'm like, looking. I know. Me, too. And I'm looking at the side of the beer bottle, and... Uh, it says intense aromas, and for sure, as soon as Sarah opened the bottle, it was an intense aroma. But it says intense aromas of charred oak, vanilla, caramel, and smoke. And oh my gosh, just reading those out loud, my mouth is beginning to water again. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, it's this version of the beer is sweeter than previous versions. And oh, uh, interesting. that... It has a much stronger chocolate note. This so, I'm excited. I'm hyped. This brew w- uh, was brewed by, it actually says here, um, Brewmaster Jared Jankowski. And it has his like little signature on here. So this mm. is, um, is this a limited? Um, uh, yes, they're limited per uh, summer. I, I think, I mean, sorry. They come out in the winter, and then they only mm-hmm. have a few, and then they numbered and uh, numbered them, and there's also a year on the label. Yeah, 2017. 2017. Yeah, it's um, it's the availability of this beer is only during the winter, and um, it was, it was um, um it was made with Intelligencia Black Cat Espresso as mm. well, and so. Oh, Intelligencia Coffee. Yeah. Oh, mm. okay. Wow. And it was described. Uh, a liquid as dark and dense as a black hole. <laughs> black hole sun, <laughs> won't you come and wash away the rain? Even the bottle has uh, has like a, a raised uh, bourbon um, count 
Bourbon County kind of like old style um, I like the lettering. Bottle. It's, it's very, really it looks very classy. Yeah, I've bought two of these. I have had one with Frank, my husband, Ooh. and uh, we we liked it. We liked it. It. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the girls are gonna like it too. So I just got another one for you guys. Yay! I know that we've been saying that we're going to try uh, sour beers, but you know what? We've just come across <laughs> these wonderful barrel-aged, and sorry, we're just going to have to wait on the sours. Because it is winter, sours. and I guess barrel-ages like, are, are prominent in the winter, so I'm very excited. Hey, they make you warm. Mm, yeah, that's mm, true. There you go. And moist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, now that I know... I know. Oh, my God! Jen shared that she doesn't like that word, and so Sarah keeps bringing it up. Every chance oh you can my get. God. I, just, I just don't. I just don't like that word. I and no, I just don't like it. All right. Well, let us proceed to taste this wonderful beverage of the gods. Let's see. Well, it smells divine, as you were saying. It does. Oh, so good. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yes. It is so thick. It's thick, and there's a nice um, sour. Yeah, there is a little bit of a sour undertone, yes. yes. Um, also, I noticed that um, the first time I tried it, that it was best to take it out of the refrigerator, open it, and let it breathe a little bit. So while you guys were doing the um, the review of the information on this beer, I, I had already poured it to make sure that it breathed a little bit mm-hmm. and was sitting before we actually tasted it. So, so the very first like reaction i have in drinking it is it's so it's like i'm drinking syrup it's so thick and there's that or something else there's that <laughs> taste <laughs> there's that taste in the beginning that is very reminiscent of sticky monkey but then it's completely different and it goes a different way and mm-hmm. there is that little bit of like like tanginess mm-hmm. at the end which is really weird but you know what? It, it feels like almost like a warmth in the belly, sort of. It's 14 freaking 1%. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're feeling. feeling Your insides are literally on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jen? I love it. I like the. There's a lot of nutty undertones, too. Like uh, almondy, maybe walnutty. Mm. I really taste the. the the smoky, more like charred, burnt yes. taste, mm. and and like, that coffee taste is definitely the, prominent. The coffee taste, the smoky taste of it, and I can definitely taste that chocolate. Mm-hmm. And it's oh my god, I don't, I feel like I need to drink like Sticky Monkey to see to tell, yeah, to tell, side by side to tell them side by side. I feel but actually like the Sticky Monkey was a little bit more of the alcoholy, like bourbony mm-hmm. flavor. That I could tell this one is a little bit hidden under all of the other, like, really intense, smoky, charred flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both definitely, I mean, I know that both Sarah and and Jen are, uh, I, I turn around and they're already pouring their third glass. <laughs> uh, for me, it would definitely be a sipping beer, which Sticky Monkey was for me, too, a sipping beer. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Definitely. definitely. It, I think this is a definitely a beer you have right before coitus. <laughs> <laughs> that word is. I don't like that word. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> <not> a, <laughs> 
<laughs> that word is Genocide. so weird <laughs> to me, especially knowing what it means. It's such a weird word, coitus. <laughs> the only thing would, I you, could... would you prefer copulation? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, just just a fun fact here. Um, I was looking at Goose Island Bourbon County Stout IPA. Uh, for sale, just in case we weren't wanted. To, oh, I, got, uh-huh. I got this one at um, <laughs> Sam's Club. Oh, okay. Oh. So it, it was. Uh, if you're a Sam's Club member, I think you should go. It's still it's still winter, so try to get some. Um, I see here that there's a uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout Rare of 2015 for $300. <gasps> oh my gosh! Yes, uh, there's a uh, 2017. Whoa. Um. um on the bottle itself, it says develops in the bottle up to five years. Mm-hmm. Ah. So maybe I should wow, get one. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting to get five of them and do one on the same day every year and kind of uh, take note of how it it ages, it, it ages, ages and transforms over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's super cool. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I really. Oh, it says right here, enjoy it in a sif- snifter. Oh, I'm the only one doing it right. You guys have different. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the, the type of glass. The type of glass, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you see, because that allows itself. I feel like I need to get this down to right here. Because, <laughs> so like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really interested, actually. Speaking of uh, the types of beer glasses that certain beers are div- like uh, recommended to be drank out of, I'm really interested in the science behind that. Of like what what makes uh, beers more, I guess, um, like pleasurable. Pleasurable, I guess. Yeah, to the palate. Flavorful. What heightens the experience? Or yeah, what what is it about the glass shape and how it interacts with the beer? That's interesting to me. Like obviously, there's been all kinds of studies done around it, and there's so many different types of beer glasses, like coming all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Much like Kenai. <laughs> my my my. Uh, my 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 grandmother's boyfriend used to drink all his beer out of a paper bag. So this, <laughs> these different glass shapes are all new to me. <laughs> wow, Kristen, clean up. Check this out. Check this out. There's um there's somebody who's selling uh six empty bottles of 2017 Goose Island Bourbon. Uh, for $135. <gasps> Empty bottles? Empty well, bottle. the bottle is actually really cool. It's, it's like actually in the glass. It says here, Goose Island Bourbon County brand. And then it has the goose on it here. And that's in the in the actual. This, You know what this would make? Those people who cut the, uh, yeah. the glass and then actually make glasses because they sand it down that you can use to drink out of. This would make a really pretty glass. So I have two empty bottles. Uh, how much would <laughs> so that go for? That's like <laughs> at least seventy-five dollars right there. There oh. you go. Nice. Divide it up. Nice. <laughs> and I actually still have a pretty full glass here, so I'll sell it to you right now for twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my 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 brother, who also is a beer connoisseur, he um, did not taste this, but he wasn't. He said he wasn't really um, interested in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, his his I think his uh, and that's the another thing that I just learned that there's different types of 
um, connoisseurs within the beer w- tasting world. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So this is something he wouldn't be interested in. Uh, as opposed to me, I I see you know bourbon county barrel aged, and I'm all yeah moist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And FYI, I just burped, and my burp <laughs> tasted like caramel. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you said that it had like a really like like a bit of a sour note at the end? Yeah. I like that because that makes it able for me to taste the sweetness. Oh. Uh, yeah. And um, I can just like I'm licking my lips because I can taste the beer on my lips too. Mm-hmm. My yeah, lips me too. That's like, how Sticky Monkey was for me. That's yeah. why I liked sipping it because I would sip it and then lick my lips and it was like. It's still there. so flavorful. This is why I'm slowing down. Does, yeah. Is there like a ch- also? I'm very warm right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm totally warm. Is there um, cherries in this? I feel like there's some berries in it. Hmm. Like I just tasted that right now. I, wasn't I don't know. Sure. They they added something to get that that sour taste in there, and I want to say maybe it was the it's an after effect of the smoky flavor because it's yeah. very smoky. Oh, could be. Yeah. Um. Um. And. I've, well, I've always liked my carne asada a little bit charred. So. Me too. Yeah. Oh, so my gosh. God, I'm I hungry. like that. I, like I know. That. Now I want yeah. burnt carne asada oh. with this beer, yes. Damn. I wouldn't mind having a full glass of this. It would be so awesome. I, it would take me a, a while, but this whole, and it's a, the bottle is a pint. Um. Oh, no, it's a pint and nine ounces. So it's a little bit more than, uh. Wait, is a pint nine ounces? I don't know. No, a pint is 16. So it's a pint and nine. So it's almost like a pint and a half, I guess. Um, so I would just, like, take this beer and, like, sip on it slowly over the, the course of, like, watching a TV show or something. So that's 25 ounces. Yeah. Pretty cool. Are we ready to give it yes. a review? Uh-huh. Uh, let's so I, this is Kristen. I will start, and just as a um, just as a reminder, our beer scale goes all the way from a beer that is like Bud Light. I would say <laughs> is like flaccid, like total no excitement going on whatsoever, and then um, it goes up to initial, then partial, then full, and then rigid at the top, and then. And if it's absolutely freaking amazing and off the charts, that's Super Saiyan. And I'm going to stick with Rigid because I'm I'm going to keep um, my loyalties to Sticky Monkey right now <laughs> because I feel like um, my uh, my initial my initial reaction to Sticky Monkey, um, even though this one's really good too, I think it was just that little bit more for me. I am going to go with and this is just right now it might be the heat of the moment (laughs) 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 but i'm gonna go with super saiyan because i i like that little bit of sour aftertaste because i can really taste the sweetness Mm. of the beer uh and the leftovers that remain on like on my mouth yeah so i really really like that and maybe i need to drink sticky monkey again but also, I'm definitely feeling a buzz. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, she's saying she's feeling a buzz off of like two ounces mm-hmm. that she's drank right mm-hmm. now. I feel, I'm feeling very good right now. <laughs> How much did you drink? <laughs> like, yeah, look I'm, at, I'm about to chug this whole thing right now. That's <laughs> just that little bit that she's drank so far. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Uh, oh. And look at Sarah. I see, like I told you. <laughs> but like I said, I haven't eaten since like 12, so. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. I should have warned you there was a high content. And Sarah. Um, well, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. <clears throat> I don't feel that um, that crazy wild feeling mm-hmm. I had on our last episode. You know, mm-hmm. when I gave it a Super Saiyan. But um, it's oh, you def- gave the beer on our last episode a Super Saiyan? I don't even remember. remember. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember what the beer was. Oh, I yeah, brought it. You brought it. Yeah. It was a bourbon. It was good. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. Good. It was also a bourbon. Yeah, yeah it was oh, okay. bourbon. Yeah. We're, go- we're on a roll with yeah. bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have to tell you, I've drank more Imperial Stouts uh, on this podcast than I have in my entire life. <laughs> because I always steered away from them because they taste like coffee to oh. me and I'm not a coffee drinker. So it's barrel aged stout mm-hmm. that, that okay that do it okay bourbon barrel Bur- bourbon yeah. barrel mm-hmm. um, no I really like this um, this is the second bottle I have um, and it's delicious I really 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 enjoy it like I said uh, you have to let it sit for a little bit in your glass before you drink it not too cold because then you don't get all the taste that mm-hmm. you you're surprised with as you wait uh, definitely a sipping beer because it awakens other different flavors like uh for instance like on the third sip i think i tasted some nutty walnuts or something and then towards the the end i tasted some berries so for me i'm gonna go rigid close to super saiyan though because i'm feeling really good right now yeah. <laughs> like and it's a small little cup and i'm just like feeling super good yeah like i would have if i wanted to treat my lady right mm-hmm. i'd get this <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly like i said just right before coitus <laughs> I just wanted to throw it out there again. I know. (laughs) That word is weird. It's weird. It's weird. (laughs) No, you know what? I can't mix mix alcohol with... uh, Really? No. Oh, my God. Uh -uh. I want to be fully present. Mm. (laughs) I just get more limber, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I can... I can see that, but no, maybe even after, where you're mm. nice and relaxed, and okay. Well, this might just be a me thing because you know, <laughs> 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 but let me tell you that the taste will. I'll do it for the taste. <laughs> Good call, Jen. <laughs> All right, guys. So that concludes our beer uh, review. It's uh, two rigids and a super saiyan. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, hopefully, if you guys like, I said Sam's Club. Look for it. I actually went. I I purchased this at Sam's Club, mm-hmm. and then I went to that that place you go to. What is it called? Oh uh, yeah, Torrance Beer Cellar. Beer Cellar, and they didn't have it. Oh okay. And I looked everywhere. Yeah. And I stayed, and I put my name on the guest list, and I talked to people, <laughs> and you know, had a whole conversation, and uh, looked. No, they didn't have it. Before. I haven't been there in a while. I used to go on Fridays. Um, I used to go on Fridays <laughs> to their free beer tasting, and then I started playing Magic the Gathering, and now I'm, now I'm, <laughs> now I'm at F&M every Friday, and saying those words, I just heard how freaking nerdy I sound, saying those words out loud. <laughs> you gave up beer for Magic the I Gathering. Know. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that uh, brings us to our... <laughs> It all depends. Because sometimes it tastes all right. <laughs> yes. I would not know, but I'm sweet as candy, so I'm told. 
Honestly, it's just it. It depends on what you eat beforehand. Oh, for sure. It Same depends with on guys. Much, yeah, it depends on how much water you had. Mm-hmm. It's just the, it's the. Um, I personally, I eat a lot of fruit beforehand. Yeah, you're supposed to eat uh, mm-hmm. lots of pineapple for both men and women. Yeah, pineapple, peaches, um, uh, just stuff that's juicy. <laughs> 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 This is what this means to the actual fruit. <laughs> so, yeah, strawberries are good in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> guys we are going to review a wonderful book that we all read and what is that book jen that book is days of the dead by javier hernandez javi some of you might remember um javier from the um interview that we did with him because he is one of the co-founders of the latino comic expo mm-hmm. yes and this is uh, an M- el muerto graphic novel so this yes. is an ongoing series that he works on mm-hmm. um and this particular book that we are uh, read are days and days of the dead which days is spelled D-A-Z-E. D-A-Z-E. Yeah. Like Daisy play and Confused. A, yes, like a play on words. I thought that was really cool, that actually. Was really I clever. liked it. It, yeah. Was, yeah. it was really good. It was really clever. So Javier is the artist and the writer of uh, this Days of the Dead, and he was very kind to um, provide us with a copy of the book to be able to um, preview and read and review on our podcast. And I... Um, I'm actually really excited to kind of uh, check out some of his other stuff after reading oh, this book. Oh, definitely. I want to. I want to know everything. Yeah. Now I want to know what's up. Like how. What's up with the character's name is El Muerto. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, with El Muerto, because his name is Diego. Yeah, de la yeah, Muerte. yeah, yeah, yeah. Diego uh. de la Muerte, and that is such a metal name. Ooh. If I. Sorry. What is going on? Oh, that was my phone. Okay, I'm sorry. I will edit that. Okay, go ahead. And because that, um, his name, Metal. Diego de la Muerte. Diego de la Muerte. And like, I, I'm, I'm going to hunt down someone whose last name is de la Muerte. So I can marry them. So if I ever. Oh my gosh, Jen de la Muerte. <laughs> yes, I love it. Are you kidding? I'm just like, I'm just, oh God, I'm such a fucking emo child <laughs> uh, speaking of awesome names that, <laughs> that go together just remind me i have a friend whose name is rita <laughs> and rita uh, it's r-a-y-d-a but it's pronounced rita uh-huh. and she says her dream in life is to <laughs> marry someone whose last name is man <laughs> oh. wow so I think that one's a little bit more doable than mine, De La Muerte. Because <laughs> there's, there's De Leon, there's um, uh, De La Vega, there's there's a lot. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. crazy, dude. That's kind of cool, though. I thought she was going to say Rida Dirty or something like that. But no, okay, Rida Dirty. That's cool. That's cool. Shoot, I might have to legally change my name to De La Muerte. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't if if Lopez was not Wolf, I would ju- I might do oh, it. Yeah, because yeah. uh-huh. my last name is also basically translates loosely to Wolf yeah. or of the Wolves. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend and uh, 
My boyfriend in college's last name was Lopez, but with an S. He was Portuguese. Oh. <laughs> when was that? You can tell me later. <laughs> 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 wow. So, um, one of the things I liked about this book is that there's a glossary in the second page once you open yeah. the straight paperback. Yeah, it's a glossary of the gods. Yes. Jen, can you tell us more about that? So, um, I'm... They have a glossary of the gods, and these might sound a little bit familiar because some of them also popped up in our previous episode of um, um, Low Riders in Space yes. and um, uh, Low Riders' Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. And it's um, uh, especially in that second one. But the glossary of um, uh, of the ones that they have here are Mictlan, the land of the dead, Mictlan Tecuatil, um, which is the ruler of Mictlan, Omesi Watli. Uh, the female nature identity of creator god, Ometekutli, uh, which is the male nature identity of the creator god, and Tezcatlipoca, which is translates to smoking mirror, which is the trickster god of dreams. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And he was actually my favorite. Yeah, yeah. no, me too. And I, I look, I, I really, really liked Metlantecuatli, um, because uh, he was. Uh, again, very metal. Uh, <laughs> he was just like he was just like you're gonna be my avatar, and like you have no say in this. Yeah. And he's just like in uh, his big at Catholicism and just Christianity. Oh my and god, those were like, my favorite like, splash that pages. That was oh my god, like it's the like dialogue. There is that so dialogue was awesome. like for a moment I was just like, damn, my guy. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, that really did happen. Like shit, like because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm uh, I believe we have the pages right here, but. He um uh, he confronts Diego and he says something along the lines of why do you wear this cross mm-hmm. of because he has of, the rosary your, yeah yeah. Oh, yeah why do you wear this this symbol of your oppressors he's like you look you go to museums and you look at the, the vestiges of your ancestry and you call them myths when when basically when and then you you pray for for your oppressor yeah and I was just like. Oh, how do you think the conquistadores subjugated yeah. a lot of the mm-hmm. the aztecs and the mayans and just all the indigenous people of central america most how most conquering peoples do with mm-hmm. religion and and uh yeah stories uh to religion, stories, to get man. people to behave a certain way and um um and I just, in just what he says, what really captured me, he was just like, he was just like, you robbed me of my people. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> they really did that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, th- and then there was um, um, also like another really impactful scene that, uh, where he breaks the cross and he was just like, he was just like a God, uh, like a God murdered by, by mortals is no God at all. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I like I was just like holy shit how do how do I become apostle of this dude like, <laughs> yeah. like I will I will do it like rip my heart out my guy like <laughs> I don't need it <laughs> but it was just like it was just and this might just be my like speaking to my own aesthetics and everything but I just I thought it was so cool yeah I was just like oh my god like, yeah. it was it was visually impactful and just the dialogue was so on point. I'm just like I I want to be I want to go to Javi and just be like, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you have delivered upon me greatness. <laughs> and 
Uh, I loved the dialogue. I have to agree with you, Jen. The dialogue, as I was reading it, it I mean, because I know Javier personally. We're not BFFs or anything, but, you know, mm-hmm. just over the past year in uh, meeting him at different, since we've been, you know, doing our podcast, we've come uh, in contact with a lot of uh, Latino creators and at different conventions and stuff. And so, I'm, you know, we've I've talked to him many times in person. And I think after our interview, we have a good um, kind of sense of, uh, you know, who he is, like, sense of humor and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and um as i'm reading the dialogue like i just felt like it was so perfect for the story that he was telling yeah. and it was just like and it wasn't as if i was like oh yeah i see javier talking like this i mean it, it was really like he he was using his creativeness to really dig into who these characters were and mm-hmm. i felt like the the um what must have been the research that went in to all of the um the mythology and mythos of of all of these um gods and just all the the his the the creative like just history stuff that he has in his uh in his storyline it was just so there was just so many different things in there mm-hmm. i loved that what i was really super disappointed with was the fact that i had to read it on my teeny little uh, iphone 7 <laughs> because it just i don't feel did justice to the story for me visually mm-hmm. and i had to you know you you have to make the picture like really big and then move it around and so i wasn't able to get the full effect of what a full page was like and um, I couldn't if there was a splash page I couldn't see it very well and so I honestly cannot wait to get this book in my hands to actually be able to reread it and to get the full effect of what the creator intended I want to agree with you on that because I also read it. I actually uh, read it between my phone and my iPad mm-hmm. and even on my iPad. And then I switched to a d- desktop. Uh-huh. I mean, that's how much I wanted to get, like, the full effect. But I, like you, am so eager to get the book. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, some of these pages I did print out because I wanted to feel oh, the full effect. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. the, the pages that I ended up printing out are the ones that I, I actually ended up reading, like, three or four times over and over, which is the part where he meets... Um, the god of hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> gracias. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, seeing these pages in the drawing, and he, he even, you know how awesome this is, is that I just went to this exhibit at the Getty, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I read a little bit briefly about, you know, that um, that time period. And then I came home, and then I saw some documentaries on the subject. And then I mm-hmm. read these pages again. Mm-hmm. And you know what is so awesome? He makes reference to the, I think it's the nine levels of hell. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh-huh. I'm just like... Dude, attention to detail is on fucking point. Yeah, there was a couple of times in the book that I felt the same way, that it was a small little thing. Like, you could could completely gloss over it. Yes, yeah. But it's there. Right, yeah. (sighs) I was just like... just hearing you say that right now reminds me that when you started reading it you were like oh my gosh it's just it's totally speaking to me exactly i mean not only because of what i read Mm -hmm. but also in the artwork there are little like um 
little, I guess, I don't know, you wouldn't call them Easter egg, but they're little things that are so personal that you mm-hmm. can get. Like, for instance, um, the T-shirts that they wore, Hecho en Mexico. Yeah. Um, there was um, the setting of it being locally. Mm-hmm. There's, a, a, there, I think there's a splash page where he's crossing the 6th Street Bridge. Yes, yeah. I saw that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, my gosh. And yes. This, this all takes place. In LA, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Um, uh, more like East Los area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. classic. The music um, when he was listening to the radio on on when mm-hmm. it all happened, like yeah, you know the Smiths, the Cure. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was my favorite. <laughs> and like in his room, you could see like there was posters of of like all these like shout outs to geek culture. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. His his small mention of San, going to San Diego only for Comic Con. Yeah. yeah. And um also one of the things I like is when his friends make the altar for him. There's a uh there are things cuz you could put things that are are fam- familiar to the right. person you've lost. Right. And so mm-hmm. they put like the alchem the book the alchemist and all this stuff mm-hmm. and Lucha Libre mask and I was like, "Dang." All these little, 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 little things. Right. I mean, the art itself, when you really look at it, is so detailed. Um, It it, almost every page is like um, the the uh, the style to me recalls like um mayan and aztec like calendars that you Mm -hmm. see like so detailed and small little minute like little characters everywhere and to me uh that's what i thought about when i saw this art and and like every page was like that where it was like tiny even if it was just the background of a city or whatever there was tiny little details that were included and it was just so awesome it was so good and um it took me a while like for in the artwork to realize that that's what was going on, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until um, uh, we get a zoom up in uh, to Tezcaltipoca, and um, uh, and he was basically he was sitting uh, on a throne in an obsidian um, uh, in an obsidian temple in another dimension, and he was in front of his smoky mirror, <laughs> and like but in the background like the mirror was edged with hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, are they called hieroglyphs? I'm pretty sure they're called hieroglyphs. Yeah. Um, um, but um, um, and then I got like it clicked to me that that's how the art style looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it all looks like the Aztec, like yeah. the Aztec calendar. Because in the beginning, I was just like, I was just like, um, uh, and this was one of like at first, I was just like, yeah, like it took me a while to get into the art, but once I realized that it was that's what it was, uh-huh. I was all about it. Yeah. I was just like, oh <laughs> hell yes. And because um, um, uh, Diego was supposed to be a high schooler in the beginning of the book, but he didn't look like a high schooler. Oh, uh-huh. He was very I angular. Was, I thought he was more middle schooler. Uh, high school, because they were talking about graduating um, uh, graduating and going on to college. No, before that, they were, in, uh, they were talking about having, like, the pact, the... Um, when they, after life, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and there's like elementary, middle school as well. Yeah. And just their faces were so angular. I'm just like, is this supposed to be a kid? And I was just all like, uh, that's my tiny criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Javi. (laughs) But, um, uh, but once like, once you, once he's like older, it's so much more better. And, uh, I think it fits the style Uh much more better. It's just that they just looked older when they were supposed to be kids. Honestly, I have to look at the book in my hands so that <laughs> I can look at the art period uh, way better because, like I said, it was so, it was so not just, um, 
it, it didn't highlight the art very well, but also it was just so taxing, like making every page big and then moving it around panel by panel. And I'm sure, uh, you know, when you are a comic book artist, mm-hmm. not only are you drawing panels, but in your mind you are drawing, I mean, you're, you're, are drawing panels that are part of a page that mm-hmm. are all fit to go together mm-hmm. to 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 really tell the story. And so I feel like it, reading it in this way was such a disservice to the book. It's actually how I read Kinsa too um, when we reviewed it for the show. And when I actually got a real copy in my hand and read it, there was so much that I had missed from having to do it that way. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I can't wait to, to read this one um, uh, the way it was intended. Right, yeah. Exactly. Definitely. I, I will say this. I really like how he draws um, uh, the woman in the book, mm, Maria mm-hmm. and Susie Q, and all of them, they're so different. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I love, um, uh, there was a specific um, uh, panel early on when they're at the beach where just how he drew Maria really reminded me of Darwin Cook and how he draws women. And oh, I was just like, uh-huh. I love it. It, yeah. was, it was it was great. I was just like, yeah, it's, it looks adorable. I really appreciated the, um, I don't know how to say, um, the way that he portrayed women as like mm-hmm. not I don't know uh, I don't want to say not stereotypical mm-hmm. but like because to me strong Latina women is the my stereotype of what I've seen growing up but that's not a lot of, of, of the how media. they're how the media portrays yeah. mm-hmm. but like um, the the uh, person who raised him I can't remember Graciela you know worked how many jobs and like took on yeah took on this child because she was best friends with the mom and just you know was out there working and trying Mm -hmm. to help him to just you know continue in life and then his girlfriend who even though she dumped him but the part the the fact that she dumped him was because she you know was she had goals and she you know had Mm -hmm. all these things that she wanted to do in life and just because she had a boyfriend wasn't going to hold her back back. it actually reminded me of Monty Gomez yeah and his girlfriend Uh um so I really appreciated and liked uh those characteristic those character traits in the women that were in the story Mm. and just to piggyback on what you're saying I completely agree I mean the the story opens up in Whittier California and he tells us about um not in that instance but you get the feeling that it's a single parent home Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you don't really know who she is just yet until you see him hanging out with his girlfriend Maria and they're at the beach and they start talking. Right, yeah. And he mentions to her, and then we get a backstory on, on him, on Diego, where um, his mom died, died at childbirth and the dad, uh, he um, gave the child over to Graciela, Graciela mm-hmm. to take care of and he sends money every now and then, but from different addresses. Yeah. And that happens a lot to yeah. kids mm-hmm. where they. Um, either stay with the grandparent or the grandmother or, mm-hmm. you know, and then the godparents, the godparents and then uh, they never really grow up with their parents, their mm-hmm. real parents. So that, that kind of is a nod to that. And also, I like how you mentioned about the girlfriend. There's a panel where he is talking to his friend, Zach, his friend, his grade school friend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, bummer, man. She, you know, that sucks that she dumped you, you know, like almost kind of, being negative towards her yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but then he's like no you know what she uh then he goes on to a full conversation about how she 
it has career she's career goal oriented mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um their family's moving to san diego she has a path in life he goes i have to get my act together right mm-hmm. i just paint and i don't even sell my paintings i don't even have a full-time job i don't even go down there to visit her like all those things he's like i need to get my act together like i can see why she broke up with me so even mm-hmm. though she broke up with him He's not, like, bad-mouthing Right, her. yeah. He's not and being salty. Exactly. Yeah. He's totally giving her props, which I totally loved about <laughs> his character, <laughs> which also gives you a perspective of what kind-hearted he is. I, I mean, what kind of person he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And during this snippet in his memorial, you all these people that have a testament to his person and his personality and what he has done for them or, or been or for him, uh, been uh what he has personified in their lives yeah Mm -hmm. it just it really paints a really even though like he was lackadaisical about his career or whatever but he was a really good person and a good great friend right Mm -hmm. so you get that notion about this character which Mm -hmm. i really like and also one of the things that i really 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 liked was i don't know if you guys saw right before that moment where he, he was struck by lightning Mm-hmm. That moment where there was like a panel where you see him coming out with his, you know, his Day of the Dead garb, mm-hmm. and uh, he sees an owl, yeah, mm-hmm. and the owl mm-hmm. stares back at him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's like, he's like, oh man, I'm just, I'm just scaring myself. It must be mm-hmm. because you know. I'm like, I actually okay. really like that because I know, and I'm not sure if this is true for like Mexican folklore and yes. like fairy tales. But I know like, where you're going yeah, with it. That go, the go the, the owl represents a somebody's going to die yeah exactly it doesn't it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be you it's just that there's going to be a death Mm -hmm. near you very soon and and this was just more immediate (laughs) (laughs) i just like that he i mean it's Mm -hmm. all these little things that he utilizes to tell the story and Mm -hmm. and actually the thing that that it said in the mexican folklore is el búho gran grasna Mm -hmm. el perro huya y el el indio muere Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, dude. Like, that's when I actually... Oh, okay, is, an owl is also called bull? And yes, bull. Okay, because mm-hmm. yeah, my mom, that's how my mom calls the owls, uh, bulls. And uh-huh. she says that that's mine. That's a, oh, that wow. Specifically that, um, uh, that it's um, uh, in her dialect, Giche. Mm-hmm. That's what um, uh, owls are called. Oh, okay. really? Yeah, bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard that word. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what my <laughs> grandmother right. used to call them. Mm-hmm. And then, because it's not, what it, what is Spanish for owl? Bull. Bull? To me, or, um, bull, or... I don't know what word I've No, I've heard. always called them bull. I, I want to say that, um, owl is different in Spanish, but I'm not entirely certain, because that's what I've always heard is bull. Yeah, I gotta say it's bull for me. For okay, me yeah, I think anything it's, different. it's, yeah, it says that it, it is, it is Spanish, so I don't, I don't know if my mom's... Confused, maybe. or the fact, or it might have been taken the fact that maybe it, repla- it, it replaced the actual word in owl in quiche, mm-hmm. and it just became so. Because I know my mom, my mom uses a specific word that she says that no nobody in Guatemala uses anymore hmm. because Spanish has replaced it. Mm. So oh. it's just, it, yeah. I, I think it's kind of sad, like the the death of a language, the slow death of a language. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mama, bua is Spanish. Mm-hmm. Bua is yeah, Spanish. Yeah. Okay. But I would have sworn there was another I've word. never heard that word. I don't know what my grandmother used to say unless mm-hmm. she was saying it and I just didn't know what that was. 
But uh, yeah, you know, and that and that kind of carried on for me. And for instance, we have a humongous back tree uh, tree in the backyard, and then mm-hmm. uh, we had a swing where we would swing Jacob, my nephew, mm-hmm. when he was a little baby. And then there was an owl perched on top of the tree, mm-hmm. and I freaked out because oh, yeah. it was during that time that Jacob kind of felt sick. He kind of had a, mm, a coincidence. Yeah, co- I know. Yeah. And I was just like. I don't want to worry you guys, but there's kind of a thing, a oh. Mexican thing, and we're Mexican. I don't know. <laughs> so that <laughs> means it's valid. It's valid. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to scare you guys, but uh, yeah. So, I don't um, want to scare you guys, but we're Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, God. Okay, because like, um, I really like owls. Yeah. I like owls a lot because in Western mythology, Athena and her sign mm. and everything and all that stuff. And I really like owls, so I have a lot of owl stuff. And my mom hates it because she's just so like, take that bull out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'm just like, but mom, it's just a cute owl. And she's just so like, no, that's death. And I'm just so like, and I'm just so like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but again, like also, but anytime that um, because um, when I was in Guatemala. The first time around, my mom saw an owl, and she was just so like, she saw an owl that was perched outside of my grandparents, um, uh, whatchamacallit, where they sleep at, and she got, like, freaked out, and she was just like, oh my god, what if something happens? And nothing happened while we were there, but when we left, we later got news that my, my mom's, um, uh, I guess her, her cousin? Yeah, her cousin, um, um, yeah, not her cousin. No, it wasn't. No, her niece passed away. Oh wow! Yeah, and so she was just like, "I knew it," and I was just <laughs> like, "Mom, it's like it's not. She's already sick." And like, yeah. and I was just like, "She's like, but no, I saw, I saw the owl," and I'm just like, "Okay." <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. I mean, I, I get a little creeped out about the owls just because you know, I know this now. It's I've known this for a while, but I mean, it's just, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just a little creepy. Um, but so in this book, um, this single parent young man by the name of Diego de la Muerte, um, is a good friend, a little reluctant on his career path and he's an artist. Um, and he actually ends up get struck, gotten struck by lightning. And then that, um, that was actually orchestrated by the, mm. the, um, the trickster god. The trickster god. Smoking mirror. Uh, smoking mirror. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that one. And the uh, <laughs> the ruler of of hell. Yes. Oh, I love the way you say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a there. You know, he actually is charged with becoming their puppet in a sense. Um, mm. And part of this is they actually put him over the altar and take out his heart mm-hmm. and then leave him with a great big scar in his chest. Metal. Yes, so metal. <laughs> um, in the makeup he was wearing for the Day of the Dead, who w- coincidentally was his day, his also his birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, they send him back uh, in the only time where they could send, like the only breach mm-hmm. in the time-space-time continuum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they send him back to Earth. Um, uh, when the dimensions are thinnest. Yes, yeah. and um, unfortunately, his makeup is now permanent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he 
has this big scar on his chest, and um, he returns a year later, which I thought was genius on the part of the writer, mm-hmm. because if he had returned only days after, he could still try to pass as alive, uh-huh. mm-hmm. because his friends would have only been missing him for, what, a week or whatever, mm-hmm. but returning him one year later after they've already like had services and everybody has come to terms with he di- he died and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, he cannot return to go back to mm-hmm. live a normal life. He's mm-hmm. screwed, basically. Yep. You're so like trying to explain to your friends why you've been gone for a year. <laughs> <laughs> so you're making this now permanent. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a stroke of genius on his part. I don't know if that was uh, uh, something that he meant to do, but it was. I thought it was really well done. Um, somehow he ends up in Tijuana. Uh, not Tijuana, but maybe oh, Baja California. Yeah, around there, Baja California. He, he's in Mexico. He he's ends a, up in Mexico. Yeah. Um, he ends up uh, befriending of uh, circus freaks, uh-huh. which mm, I thought was awesome. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Carmen. Uh, uh, no, uh, Carolina. Mm-hmm. And she cannot see. She has sort of like a... She's blind. Yeah. yeah. She has a birth defect. She has like. a birth defect. Yeah. Almost like uh, the skin grew over her eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she has a special gift where she touches you and she can... I she can't can. see, but she can see. She can see <laughs> more than you're willing to show. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically doesn't know what he's doing there. He doesn't know what happened or why it happened. You know, like, mm-hmm. he's still himself, but he now has these dark, uh, like, his whole eyeball, like, the whole, whole eye is black. Mm-hmm. Um, he has permanent Day of the Dead makeup, and mm-hmm. he has a scar on his chest. Oh, and his reflection is a skull. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we learn that he, he, we learn along with him what his special powers are. So unfortunately, when he was in Mexico, he was accidentally run over. And the guy's like freaking out. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, I'm gonna, I killed him. I killed him. Oh, my God. But then he gets up. You find out that he's actually immortal now. Mm-hmm. And because um, I guess you can't die if you're already <laughs> dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have no heart. You can't die. <laughs> zombie philosophy. Zombie, pretty much. Yeah. Um, he um, he befriends these circus folk. They, they're trying to find a curandero for him. A curandero is sort of like a witch doctor mm-hmm. who could possibly help him out with this problem of no having no heart, maybe... I don't know mm-hmm. something. He he he's just your average curandero thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they make reference in the story about how, like, when his aunt didn't have enough money to pay for an actual doctor, she would take him to the curandero. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it worked. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's me. Like, yep. I go I go to El Salvador, so yes, <laughs> I am a, I am a believer. El Salvador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, he uh, befriends these folk. Uh, they're really nice. There, mm-hmm. you know, there's a hunchback, there's a bear, very large man, there's, there's a very a tall dude. man, there's a wolf dude, there's a bearded lady. There's, there, um, uh, you're the average, like, lady who can tell the future. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, there's all Fortune these, teller. Fortune teller. There's all these, like, cool people, but they're so sweet. They're yeah. so welcoming. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're one of us, you're family. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah. But then there's the people that own the circus who are total dicks. Yeah. Um. They're just looking for a quick buck, mm-hmm. and they're just looking to hide uh, the drug money that they're trying to launder. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a juxtaposition of good and bad all in one. Mm-hmm. So that that's really interesting. In the we find out he has no another power, which is um, when Frida, Carolina's dog, uh, accidentally gets smashed by one of the trailers. Aww. I know. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and everybody's like, oh, no, Frida. And then he tries to look for her under the trailer, and he accidentally touches her, and she comes back to life. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now she has black eyes like he does. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what that's about. Yeah. She's a I, zombie. There, <laughs> there's <laughs> actually so much in this book. But at the end of the book, I felt like there was so much more. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so many different ways for it to go. Yes. And I don't know if it was just me and the way that I was reading the book, but at the end, I was like, okay, this was def. I mean, there's has definitely is more. I mean, mm-hmm. it just abruptly stopped, and so I was like, okay, give it to me now. Come on, honey. <laughs> give it to us. The cool one is, <laughs> and this 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 book is divided in parts. The first one is called A Dead Man's Party, and the second part is called The Gods Must Be Crazy, mm. which I thought was yes, really cool because yeah. yeah. it was a, a nod towards that one 1980s movie, yeah. The Gods Must Be Crazy. Yeah. So I thought it was a really great, <laughs> yeah. great uh, storyline. There's a lot of things going on in the background because there was a service, uh, which is also Diego's birthday and his one year anniversary of quote-unquote death his friends gather mm-hmm. and and do a memorial at the at the um at the cemetery but there's this dark figure yeah. in a trench coat yeah. mm-hmm. who has a picture of diego has the um the article of diego's accident mm-hmm. and um has the invite the the flyer of diego's memorial so i'm just like who are you his dad. dad. That's what I thought. Yeah. I didn't want to ruin it, but yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Yeah, that's what we're. That's what I'm preemptively. Yeah, guessing. yeah. That's what I'm guessing too. But that's completely unresolved. But mm-hmm. it's so right, ominous, right there. Yeah. yeah. Who the heck? Because um, it, it might not be his dad. It yeah. might be somebody else. Maybe yes. that, yeah, that Javier just led us in that direction just to pull the rug out from under us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. And like Kristen said, there, there's a lot of things that go on in this story, and then. Um, it it doesn't didn't abruptly finish for me, but I did feel like there was a nice of a, a parting ways mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and kind of a setup for the next story. But like you a said, a natural ending. Yes, I told. And but if it ends like this, I will never forgive him. I know. I was gonna say yeah. it's, it's not a natural ending. It's a freaking cliffhanger. It's a, it is a cliffhanger. Okay, a natural pause in the story. Yes. Yes. So, yes, so now you're obligated to let me know what happens next because <laughs> I want to know more. I want to know what the string pulling is all about yeah. from from the god, the elder god. Yeah. We want, I want, we want the spoilers. Yeah. yeah. And I want to know what happens after he brings them back and why their eyes are black and whether they still have a soul or not. I want to know who this... I mean, it was just his heart that was removed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're ready to review the book. What do you guys think? Or did you guys to rate the book? Did I just say review? Yeah. Oh, we we just finished reviewing the book. Now we're going to rate the book. No, it's going to be rated. I'll start off. This is Jen. And I am giving it um, the three conchas in different flavors with the campo champurrado and the entire, and like a batch of tamales. Like uh, oh, the, and oh, a batch of tamales. Yesterday, that's kind of what I had for breakfast, and I was just like, this is life. This is, um, uh, this is the perfect embodiment of everything that I love. Um, uh, that's my reason. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to say me too. Yeah. I like that. I like that a basket of tamales. Yeah. Yes. 
I'm there. That's me. Well, this is Kristen, and yes, I loved everything about the book. I am super excited to, like I said, read more about this character. And those of you who have listened to our Javier Hernandez um, interview might remember that there's actually a a, um, movie that was made about this character, El Muerto, um, and uh, Wilmer Valderrama is the person who played the title character. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. No, I might do it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also give it um, three conchas, uh, the champurrado, the atole, everything, mm, everything that my grandmother would give me uh, on a cold winter day when I um, was uh, sick at home and stayed home from school. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, love this book. And uh, there is actually uh, some cool info that we have about um, not just El Muerto Mm -hmm. and Javier Hernandez, but about a huge, big um, 20th anniversary celebration that Javier is going to be celebrating all during the month of, I'm sorry, during the year of 2018. He's celebrating 20 years of El Muerto and just um, a super successful comic book uh, uh, creator um, career. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be kicking off this 20th anniversary celebration at Heidi Ho Comics on February 24th, which is a Saturday. And we are going to be celebrating um, all just like uh, Comadresi comic style as usual. We're going to have a photo booth. There's going to be some food. Uh, Javier has a uh, music playlist that he's going to be playing. We're going to be celebrating Javier, the creator, um, El Muerto, the character. There's going to be a a small little art show. He's going to be there selling his books. You'll be able to buy um, this book that we reviewed today on the podcast and probably so many more of his um, his books that he has out um, and has created and published over the years. So um, be sure to mark your calendars uh, right now. That is um, the last Saturday in February, which uh, is February 24th. And the party is going to, it's Dead Man's Party. It's yeah. going to be 5 to 8 o'clock at Heidi Hill Comics at 1431 Lincoln Boulevard. It's uh, sponsored by Comodacy Comics and hosted by Heidi Hill comics it's a dead man's party <laughs> who could, could ask for more <laughs> we're Come so excited you. <laughs> el muerto to the, the door, door. <laughs> i'm very excited about this i'm so excited i i if i could girls i would dress up in haul Aztec garb. Uh, Show up in do my gold. It, do, do it. Do it. <laughs> All shiny and golden. <laughs> oh, wait. I mean, we, we have time to hop over the border and like, <laughs> buy, some, buy some stuff. And, and just piggybacking on that thought, I mean, did you guys see that uh, Cassidy said, I spent, don't shoot the head. I spent $150 on that headpiece. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, word. <laughs> But, yeah, that is our review. We love this book, and I can't wait to get the book form so I can have them signed. Yes, yeah. And actually really, truly enjoy these splash yeah. pages. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because during that transition from him getting his heart ripped off and traveling back 
to the plane of existence I, was yeah. just magical. It was. It was. I mean, I saw a conquistador amazing. helmet. I saw La Catarina. I saw all these things within, you know, the sh- Quetzalcoatlo. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, that. <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing that name justice, but um, yeah. If you guys get a chance, please pick this book up. Highly recommended. All right, guys, it's that time on my radar, and on my radar is brought to you by Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, who's the sponsor? <laughs> who's sponsoring <laughs> on my radar? <laughs> So, um, we do take sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Heidi, uh, no, Heidi Comics, uh, Comics at gmail.com. Hit us up with your sponsorships. So, my on my radar this week is a boom number one. And I don't know when the last time we've seen a boom number one come out. I feel like it's been a while, but again, I have been um, super busy with my holiday goings on. So I haven't really been reading a lot of comics, but I'm trying to get back into it. And one of the first ones I've read here for January, 2018 is Abbott. It is a boom property. Like I said, and if this, uh, description doesn't pull you in I don't know what will it is a supernatural crime comic <gasps> supernatural yeah. crime comic <laughs> yes um, it's written by uh, Saladin Ahmed and the oh. artist is Sammy K- Kivela I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that Saladin one. Ahmed I, he's the one who wrote Black Bull yes. and who's mm-hmm. going to be writing Exile yes uh-huh. 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 so it uh, and he's uh, he's a Hugo Award nominated writer and yes he's currently writing uh, Marvel's Black Bolt and this is his first original comic book work uh, so that's kind of cool and uh, like I said I already have read this book and for being his uh, first original comic it is so freaking good oh my gosh it's so good um unfortunately number one is already sold out um at diamond i tried to order more today and it was already sold out so hopefully you had it on your pool or your local comic book shop still has copies heidi ho is unfortunately out maybe you can find some somewhere else or digitally comiXology i'm not sure if boom i'm I'm assuming boom is on comiXology but um maybe a second printing will be coming out soon because it's definitely worth it. So the main, the title character of Abbott is Elena Abbott, who um, is a uh, black female journalist. And this story is set in 1970s Detroit, Michigan. So imagine Holy what shit. it's like to be a black female journalist in 1970s Detroit, Michigan. Wow. So... Um, her character is so freaking amazing. The just dialogue that is written with uh, some of the other male uh, characters in the story and how they are not even a fucking shamed to be sexist and racist out loud in the presence of this woman and just reading the words just made me so angry uh, to just to know that back then and even now who are we kidding these days there's so people that have the balls to just to to flaunt their racism and their sexism out all over the place but um 
the really quickly the storyline is basically uh, Elena um, is investigating a series of crimes that is happening in Detroit and the police are largely ignoring them and she and not just ignoring them but they're trying to pin them on the Black Panthers uh, or any other like really um, uh, uh, revolutionary uh, black uh, militant groups that uh, are rights. yes that are in Detroit at the time, but Elena recognizes um, kind of some of the the murders that she's seen as the work of some weird dark magical force that she has experienced one time before, and it was the for a force that murdered actually her husband uh, that she, the person that she was married to at the time, and so. She she is now looking for clues not only to solve this mystery of what happened to her husband, but to also um, basically prove that these uh, black groups that are, are out there, you know, fighting for civil rights and fighting to be heard are not the ones that are, that are committing these crimes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, um, the, the overarching um, story of issue number one. It was so well written. Uh, the art was really awesome. Um, it, it kind of like the, the aesthetic, very 1970s. I loved it so much. Uh, I can't wait for issue number two, and I highly, highly recommend uh, you go out and you try to find a number one somewhere. Hopefully it is. it does go to second printing soon. But it was just so good. That is so cool. And um, to kind of grab on history on how um, crimes were uh, trying to be pinned on the Black Panthers, mm -hmm. um, that, that's actually that did happen. Yeah. So that's... Uh, that's pretty interesting to to get a story uh, on, a, on a kind of an, a different the element of the supernatural with realism. Right. Exactly. Always. Yeah. So great. Yeah. And uh, it's in an article that I was reading about uh, this particular book. Um, they were talking about how um, Saladin Ahmed uh, grew up in Detroit. He was born in Detroit, and um, it's his hometown. And he's always wanted to write a story set in his hometown. And he said, and especially during uh, a pivotal moment in history and so like you're saying Sarah like definitely what is more pivotal in um, in US history and, and especially black history than in the 1970s with the civil rights movements and uh, you know from the 60s moving on and all of the you know the the groups that rose up out of that and um, really wanting to uh, to make their voices heard so um, I am guessing that we're going to see a lot more of that and how maybe some of those um, groups uh, were formed and how they interacted with police and the fact that she's a journalist um, and is kind of getting the behind-the-scenes stories um, because she has an in. Uh, an ex-husband of hers is a detective that calls her and tells her, look, and he's black, tells her, the straight out says, the white police officers are ignoring stuff, and uh, I can't do much, but you are in a, in a different role, and you can come in, and you can try to do what you can to to prove the innocence of the 
uh, Black Panthers or whatever group it was that they were trying to pin it on. So I found that to be a so super compelling story. And over and above this whole supernatural thing, the the <laughs> crime element and also just um, that element. whole historical, yeah, mm. female journalist and Black history it, is just so the, all the sexism and yeah, you know the you know putting her down just because she's a woman yeah. kind of thing uh, and openly vulgar yeah so i i'm i'm in yeah this is really really good stuff uh um i've always said that comic books um you know if they're written well they can reflect a lot about the history that maybe kids don't find interesting um, in in a normal school setting, this could be something of an eye opening experience, and mm-hmm. then they can proceed to learn up about the subject on their own. Yeah, yeah. So Tom I'm King recently retweeted something that comic books shouldn't be an alternative to literature; they are literature. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. He then Agreed. followed that up with saying that he wrote Booster Gold, saying something like, "This costume makes his butt cheeks flat." <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, que la canción. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Shakespeare has so many dick jokes in his plays, and it's seen as highbrow literature. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. it's not. It's actually trashy literature yeah. of the Elizabethan era, but <laughs> your British snobs. Would yeah, like, he was just. He was the soap opera uh, writer of his day. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. He's just like. But yeah, like in comic books, comic books can be an entirely valid. A form of literature. Exactly. Agreed. You're you're, ta- you're uh, preaching to the choir. <laughs> preaching to the choir. I have a, I have I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> so yes, definitely pick up Abbott. So that's my first on my radar, and I have a, a second on my radar that um, I highly recommend. So I picked up um, just kind of um, on the visual of the cover. This week, um, a book called Frankenstein Alive, um, and then it, there was like a, a comma, and then it said a live trio, and I had no idea what any of that stuff meant, and was just kind of like um, drawn. Yeah. No, 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 but the, the fact oh. that it was like all these different titles, I had no idea that it was three different issues in there. Oh. And so those were the three titles of the different issues in there. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was Frankenstein, Alive, and uh, Alive, wait, Frankenstein? Frankenstein, Alive, and Alive Trio, or something mm-hmm. like that. But anyway, basically, this is the um, the book... Um, it's written by Steve Niles, which some of you might recognize the name yeah. from 30 Days of Night. Um, and uh, the artist is Bernie Wrightson. So it's one of the things that Bernie was working on um, as he was getting sick and then um, kind of, uh, I guess, was something that was left unfinished when he passed away. Um, this is... Um, Basically, the uh, further adventures of Mary Shelley's uh, monster Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and oh my God, it's so freaking good! It is so good. I would like. I didn't know that it was Bernie Wrightson, but I I can only imagine because Bernie Wrightson is like he is the epitome of horror in, of the horror genre yeah. in comic books. He, yeah, it, a lot of the classic horror covers and everything that's 
is used in a lot of medium um, uh, to advertise horror is Bernie Wright and stuff. Yeah, so uh, this is a this this uh, story. This last. Uh, these last books was um they're described as a gothic horror story um and as the final chapter of legendary artist bernie wrightson's frankenstein works i'm sold as soon as you said (laughs) 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 so apparently prior to passing away um bernie had completed several pages and laid out an entire fourth issue of this frankenstein story arc and what we got this week that came out was the first three issues um, because basically what happened is I guess these had all been already previously released but then he passed away he had outlined the fourth issue but I maybe had done some pages here and there but he was never able to finish it because of his illness and um, then he passed away with it being unfinished so what they did is they um they hired kelly jones to come in and to finish up the work and um steve niles said that he felt that um kelly's uh, style fit really would fit really well and be, would be an easy transition um, for the piece and so that's what they're going to do they are going to release the fourth issue later this month so I'm guessing mm-hmm. next week maybe the 31st? yeah because yeah. that's the last part and uh, in order to get caught up they release this three-in-one issue so that fans could have the opportunity to reread them all together and then prepare for the last one. So it was, oh, it was the three-in-one um, contained three issues, One, the first one being called Frankenstein, the second one was called Alive, and then the third one was Alive Trio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it follows... Frankenstein as he kind of starts to become self-aware mm-hmm. of the fact that people see him as a monster mm-hmm. and it was like so like it, it actually even though it wasn't Bernie Wrights in writing this it was um it was uh, Steve, Steve Niles. Niles it really brought back a lot of that swamp thing kind of like aesthetic <sighs> Oh my god. Um, of like you know, him like yeah. knowing that the way that people see him and him wanting to reach out to the woman he loves and like mm-hmm. feeling like he can't because he knows what he looks like. I don't know, it was just it I really enjoyed it so much and the artwork w- is just so freaking amazing. I need to finish Saga the Swamp thing. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, so do I. Oh my god, so good. Um so good. So it's it looks and it says here in this article that um that they were going to release this three-in-one two weeks prior to the release of the fourth issue, so that would take it into February. So I don't know if they would if it's coming out then or if it'll be next week. I didn't check it, but um, all I know is that if you are a Wrightson fan, if you're a Steve Niles fan, if you are a gothic horror uh, fan, horror or just a horror fan, uh, pick up this book. It is so 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 good. I cannot recommend it enough, and. Um, um, it is the second thing that is on my radar this week. Bravo. Nice. <laughs> so very passionate. <laughs> All right, 
right, guys, it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Uh, if you give us a little, a little, uh, a little intro to what Juntos y Fuertes is, Kristen. Well, Juntos y Fuertes is a segment of Comadres y Comics where we try to highlight uh, creators that uh, creators or projects that um, are by margin, uh, members of mar other marginalized groups within the comic book industry um, or even just any kind of cool creative um, projects that are out there. But specifically, we try to show our support for other groups um, that uh, belong to marginalized um, communities. Wait, communities. Thank you. <laughs> so today, this is Sarah on My Juntos y Fuertes, is an uh, interview with a nerd. Now, uh, it's in that they have a website, www. I would say they, but it's him. <laughs> it's www.interviewwithanerd.com. Um, it's a podcast hosted by Richard Cardenas. This show uh, dives deep into the history of your favorite characters from uh, from universes far and in between characters. Oh wait, and far in between through interviews with with the biggest nerdiest fans. So he's a really interesting podcast. It's it's based on geek culture, um, and he's really into it. He has segments much like we do, but totally different. He has like. Uh, where he does a kind of a recap of comic books he's reading, um, and then he interviews people um, on on subject matter that is in geek culture. And I've learned so much from his podcast. He's just so energetic and so positive. And he actually had us on his last episode. He's super sweet. He is amazing. Yeah. Super nice guy. He was kind enough to invite us to one of his podcasts, and we basically just talked and talked and talked and talked. <laughs> and we ruined his whole schedule. Yeah. <laughs> like always, yeah, we, we were only supposed to be one segment of his show, and we ended up taking over the whole thing. <laughs> uh, so he he invites guests over and he discusses a lot of the subject matter and um he's really he's openly gay. He says my you know he brings uh when he talks about his boyfriend and himself he doesn't you know like he's just he doesn't skirt around. Yeah, exactly, yeah. which I love about him. He's just such a a wonderful person. He's really like a happy person. Um, and I just really enjoyed this podcast. So um, if you guys are uh, maybe need more, you know, nerd culture in your life or like, <laughs> or like have like a really long commute to work or to school or wherever, I really highly recommend this podcast. It's Interview with a Nerd and it's really awesome. And actually, they actually have a network. Um, it's called Awkward Human. It's a network of people who uh, not only do they do podcasting, but they also focus on other projects to help uh, people experience life outside of their comfort zone, which I thought to be fascinating. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. they do podcasting. They do other mediums such as uh, web video series, which I thought was cool. Um, they create games to build sites uh, and tools for the web. They help businesses. I mean, this is just a variety of things that they do, and they're really great at it. There's a lot of um, – I was able to go to their studio and talk to a lot of the people that are mm -hmm. involved in this network, and they've put on art shows. Awesome. Um, they, I was actually in the presence of them actually playing a game that was an algorithm for one of the computer programs that Adam made. 
So I'm just like, whoa. Who's Adam? He's actually Richard's uh, boyfriend. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it was, it's just... Sorry, it was, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really um, captivating, and I think it's worth mentioning that you can actually go on their website and see all these other medias that they're mm-hmm. participating in, and I think it's awesome what they're doing. Um, they're helping out businesses. Um, they're making contact. It's just uh, extraordinary. They're an extraordinary group of people. That's awesome. Well, I had an amazing time being a guest on uh, Richard's show and only wished that we could have stayed longer because we had so much more to talk about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was really great. Um, I, I was there for the birthday of, of Richard's boyfriend. Um, but there was a lot of wonderful people. There was, like, game playing, and like I said, they all played in a group uh, setting of different types of people. They were all playing this game that, like I said, the computer program that he made, um, designed. It's weird. Sort of like AI. I don't know. Like, That's so I, cool. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I get the gist of what you're yeah, saying. I mean, like. I'm, I'm sure I'm not explaining it correctly, but... Um, I just thought it was really awesome. I got to know the people that were working on several of the other projects, and they I thought that there was just an amazing cool. group of people. And um, if you're interested in learning more of, about them, just go to awkwardhuman.com uh, or to um, interviewwiththenerd.com, and there's other the, – it could take you links of the other projects that they're working on. And you can actually listen to the episode that Comadresi Comics was a guest on. Yay! <laughs> I believe I posted the link up on our page yeah. already. So Excellent. Just go to our Facebook page and the link should be there. Yeah. So that's on my Juntos y Fuertes. Alright guys, I think that wraps up this episode, episode 28. 28. Yeah, <laughs> right. I got it right. <laughs> Do you guys have any shout outs, any activities? Well, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Comadresy Comics. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres. Or you can find us at on Facebook at Comadres, at Comic Comadres. And we also have a Snapchat where you can see some behind-the-scenes footage on other activities that we do and or behind-the-scenes of our recording episodes. Yes, and if you have a longer detailed um, letter or note that you would like to write us, you can always email us at comadresecomics at gmail.com. Also, we're still in search of that uh, one person who oh, has, yeah. has reviewed our, review. <laughs> our one and only singular review on iTunes. Please let us know where you are and where we can shower you with gifts. <laughs> <laughs> we are eager to shower you with gifts. Yes. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening, guys. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.